After a long weekend of some great basketball, the Shooters Touch podcast is back. Adam Veet here with Brian Claude, and we are set to talk about a great game between the Drake Bulldogs and the Northern Iowa Panthers. Um, you know, kind of a uh, your typical Missouri Valley game. Uh, the Panthers ended up uh, ended up pulling ahead at the end with a score of 57-54. And I feel like one of us may have called that score. I can't remember. I'll have to go back and check. Do you remember who that was, Brian? Yeah, I, 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 as I told you, I couldn't believe it when he got uh, fouled there right towards the end of the game with five seconds left. I, I said in a one-point game, I'm like, he's going to make both these free throws. And only because Adam said that they're going to win by three. Of course, that, if, uh, of course, you know, if it would have been a different way or you would have actually had some money on the game, you probably would have missed that first one that bounced right. around at the top yep. of the hoop and all that. Yep. But I, uh, but I don't gamble with my heart. So I never bet on, on any of <laughs> any of the Panthers games, but that's, that's literally all I was thinking about when he was at the free throw line. I was, I thought to myself, all right, make both these so I can have some bragging rights against BC and, say that I did call this game. <laughs> it worked out well. It worked it out did. in your favor. It did. It did. Um, well, hey, like I mentioned, uh, a prototypical Missouri Valley game, score 57-54, um, you know, going back and forth on the defensive end. Nobody really kind of stands out as far as number of points. Um, however, that's, like I said, that's kind of how Missouri Valley games go, and it's kind of a grind them out, um, you know, not necessarily outscore them type games. Uh, just, you know, speaking for the Panthers here, um, in my opinion, I feel it's obviously any win at this point is a good win, um, you know, but when you can <clears throat> when you when you can get a win with your leading scorer, A.J. Green, only having 11 points and going, um, I think he was five for 18 from the field, uh, one for eight from the three point line and, you know, essentially having half of what his you know season average is, um, you know, that just makes it that much sweeter. Uh, Wyatt, Wyatt Lowhouse hit some, hit some huge shots. Um, you know, one, one, one that comes to mind, uh, loose ball in the second half when Trey Burrow, he, he actually saved it through white right to Wyatt and he, he nailed a three to, um, you know, put them ahead. You know, that was just one of the two or three big shots he hit. Um, and I mentioned, you know, it's always good to get a win in the Missouri Valley, but you know, with AJ not scoring and, you know, honestly, the, the, the Panthers bench didn't have, have much to say as far as points go. Um, however, you know, Justin Dahl had another good game with six rebounds. Um, and, you know, Spencer Alderman had, uh, had those two huge free throws at the end. So, you know, an all around, all around good effort by the Panthers. You know, I think that, uh, on the other side, um, in my opinion, you know, Drake had a couple chances that they may have squandered, but uh, that's that's how it goes. So uh, Panthers came away with a victory. Yeah, I agree with you. And I think, uh, you know, your analysis of um, Lowhouse is something that uh, uh, he's kind of the player that I guess, at least from my perspective and watching him, you know, obviously at Iowa City West and now all throughout his career at UNI, is something that I've always kind of had a little bit maybe higher expectations for him. So to be able to see him kind of come out, um, you know, and shoot uh, shoot the ball a little bit better and hit some big shots, uh, you know, I thought that was big for the Panthers, um, you know, and, and, and a key in, in that situation, especially like you said, without A.J. Green pouring in the, the amount of points that he normally does. And so, so that was good to see for them and, and hopefully bodes well for them moving forward. Yeah, and you're you're exactly right on that. You know, uh, I completely agree with you as far as why it goes. I feel he had a great freshman year, um, has kind of plateaued a little bit. I think sophomore he dealt with a 
an injury the year after sophomore year, junior year last year, now as a senior, um, you know, he's had some, he's had some big games, but he's been kind of up and down. So, um, you know, if, if the Panthers can get him more on a, an even, even, even keel, you know, on game to game, uh, as far as scoring output, I feel they'd have, have a better chance at having a better record and, you know, winning a couple more games down the road. Um, you know, on the, on the other side of the ball, you know, as I mentioned, you know, Drake, Drake, I feel squandered a couple opportunities late in the game. Um, you know, but that's kind of, kind of how it goes. What'd you, what'd you see from the Bulldogs over there, Brian? Yeah, I agree. And I think that a lot of that just comes down to inexperience and that's something that, you know, we've talked about and we've worried, um, here ever since the loss of Nick Norton. Um, mm-hmm. and I think it, you know, never more evident than in that game. Um, you know, they were logging heavy minutes from their starters. Um, four out of the five stars played over 30 minutes, um, which also brings me to my next point that they just didn't get any production off the bench. Um, four points actually from the bench. And so 50 of their points came, coming from their starters. It's, you know, obviously they're starters for a reason, but you need to have support, especially in a game like that, especially in a game where, like you mentioned, there was nobody that really had the hot hand you know nobody that played exceptionally well um you know Nick McGlynn for the for the Bulldogs had a good game with 15 and 9 um but even down the stretch I thought that he got into a situation where they were almost trying to force feed him the ball and and maybe wasn't uh taking the best opportunities possible and um so you'd like to uh see some more production from the bench um and then, and then you get in a late game situation. I mean, the the Bulldogs didn't score in the last five minutes and forty seconds. Um, really hard to win in the Valley if you don't score the last five minutes and forty seconds. I don't care what the score is, what the situation is, how well you're playing defensively. You got to find ways to get the ball in the basket. Um, you know, and you look at that. The the Bulldogs did go eight from eight for eight from the free throw line, um, which is great. Obviously, hundred percent from the free throw line is always always a stat that you'd like to see. But if you're only attempting eight free throws in a game, uh, another thing in which uh, it's going to be hard uh, to be able to win, especially on the road, if you're not uh, attacking the rim and, you know, putting the defense and the officials in a situation where they need to um, where they need to um, start calling some fouls and get to the free throw line, because obviously you're shooting a high percentage. And so that would be that's definitely something, um, you know, and as I as I mentioned, to start with going back to just the inexperience. Um, you know, it's the, the Bulldogs are a team that like to get out and run and like to spread the floor and pass and shoot. And I thought uh, as that game stayed tight, you know, in that last five minutes, uh, they they started pulling the ball out and sitting on it on in a few situations on when they maybe had an opportunity to attack. Um, you know, a young team growing, learning, um, win or lose. I'd like to see them kind of stick with the game plan and continue to attack and not and not try to outthink themselves. Yeah, you know, there are there are a couple points you um, you hit on there, Brian. That I that I am in um, that I'm totally agree with you on. One is, is their bench bench play. You know, Garrett Sturts. We you and I have talked about him how how many times this season already that he has been a a, a big surprise in our mind. You know how well he's played. You know he he goes over two uh, in about 13 minutes. Obviously, doesn't score any points. Um, and then there, uh, I think that, uh, I think the one the Murphy twins had, had a couple points as well off the bench and that, and that, and that's it. Um, you mentioned, you, you mentioned Nick McGlynn and he, he did have 15 points led, led, uh, all scorers actually. But, you know, in my mind, I feel the majority of the game, he got outplayed by Luke McDonald, who, you know, hasn't, hasn't played the best last couple of weeks, um, who, you know, he had, he only had about 10 points, but he did have uh, a couple offensive rebounds. 
um, and had a couple steals against Nick McGlynn as well. And, you know, all those, all those things coupled together, you know, make a, make a full game. You can't really point at one thing that, uh, um, that wins or loses or I lose you the game, but you know, not like you said, not scoring for five minutes doesn't help you win. That's for sure. No. Um, and you know, with, uh, with, uh, with a one and three conference record right now, you know, you start to think about the, <clears throat> you know, every game is potentially a must win now for the Bulldogs and the Panthers, but you know, being, being two and two is, you know, for obvious reasons, a little bit better than one and three right now. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I, I just think it's, it's just such an interesting season for both teams, given um, obviously the losses that they've had from injury, um, you know, where they sit as far as their, their team dynamic and their age, um, their inexperience. And so every game, every opportunity is one that you definitely have to take advantage of. Obviously, um, you know, depending on where everything shakes out throughout the conference and, you know, chasing some of the teams towards the top, obviously that's always the goal, but you want to just continue to keep playing your best basketball and, and let the chips fall where they make, you know, come March. And so hopefully that's something that both teams are able to continue to grow from. Um, I'm ex- already excited for the, the matchup against these two teams when, when the Panthers come to, come to Des Moines. You know, I just think it is a good matchup. I think it's a, a, the, the different styles between um, the way that the Panthers play defense and the way that Drake likes to get out and run. Um, and then you kind of matchups too throughout the throughout the lineups. It, it just makes for good basketball, even even when um, you do go the last five minutes without scoring. I mean, I watching the game personally, I was still obviously very much intrigued. It was still had me on the edge of the seat. It was still good basketball. It just the basketball wasn't going in the hole. They were just you could tell uncomfortable in certain situations, and uh, you know, in the end, it ended up being a fun and an entertaining Sunday for us. Yeah, and as as you and I know well enough, sometimes the ball just doesn't go in, and that's the way it goes. <laughs> um, and, and you know, uh, you know, w- with schedule coming up, you know, the Bulldogs face off against Bradley on Wednesday night. Um, who was picked top top three or four in the league? You know, right now is currently sitting last at zero and four. So they're a very um, you know a very capable team. Um, that that could potentially you know move up move move up in the standings here in the next couple of weeks. Um, you and I has Indiana State who is sitting at you know two and two uh, in I think third place right now. You know, but 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 the valley's wide open. Just looking at the standings right now, I mean Valpo is Valpo is four and zero. Oh, Loyola's three and one. Then there are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven teams that are two and two, and then the Bulldogs one and three, and Bradley's zero oh and four. So it's still wide open. Um, you know, we keep talking about there's a lot of industry basketball coming up, but, you know, the Valley is so, so close and so, um, um, you know, deep as far as the teams go that really anybody has a shot at any point during any, any game. Absolutely. Yeah. And I, like you said, I don't think it's out of, out of reach for either team. Um, and you know, you're really more than anything, just playing for that seed in, in the, um, conference tournament, because once you get down there, and you get hot and you have things clicking, you never know what could happen. And um, as we know, yep. that's always kind of the goal. Yeah. And any, you're, you're right. I mean, anything can happen down in St. Louis. Uh, you know, it's any, anybody's ball game, anybody can win on, on, on any night. So that's kind of, yeah, the goal is to get, uh, get down there with the momentum and, you know, kind of, you know, you're hitting, I guess your peak of the season. Um, however, but it's a grueling schedule here in the Valley and uh, we'll be, we'll be seeing that here in the next, next couple of weeks. Um, well, with that being said, uh, you know, we're going to sign off here for the night. We got a, got a special episode coming up for you next. Um, something that 
some that me and Brian are pretty excited about called the sneak peek. Uh, as a retired sneakerhead myself here, Brian, you're probably more not so retired than I am right now. Um, you know, I, I, I feel like playing basketball shoes are, are a big part of the game and, uh, you know, a big part of our lives growing up. So we'll be, we'll be touching on a couple of the other sneakers that we really like. And, uh, one coming up, uh, is, is, is one of my favorites. Absolutely. I can't wait. All right. Have a good night, everybody. Thanks for listening. And uh, we will be back soon.